that the soul would like to fulfill the action of forgiveness because there is still that self-judgment that is ever undermining everything else. So if you find yourself in judgment of another person and then you go inside to begin to work with that judgment, to forgive it, to release it, to move into loving with them, realize that in truth, if you're judging another, it's only because there's something inside of you that you haven't gone in and accepted within yourself. And they are just a mirror for you. They are mirroring back to you your truth or the lack of it. They are mirroring back to you the loving or the lack of loving. And it's for you to find a way to bring all this into quiet, all this into neutrality, and all this into fulfillment, which is loving. Then, when you stand at that door and you look out into the outer kingdom and you see the starry sky and you see the Holy Spirit standing before you saying, come, let's go, you'll be able and willing and wanting to step forward through that door and begin the outer journey back home into the realms of spirit from which you came. So realize that if you find yourself caught up in judgment, caught up in fear, or caught up in unworthiness, begin to allow yourself to look at those things and see how you might transform that inside yourself in meditation and in your daily life as you walk through the day. And allow yourself the freedom to stand at that door and to be afraid, to be unworthy, to be in judgment, and step through that door anyway. Step through it. Step through your fear. Step through whatever that is that is separating you from God. And put God first. And say, God, I am coming home. I am coming to you now. I step forward knowing that as I step forward, you walk with me in this journey. And that whatever separates me from you right now I know that as I step forward, it is gone, it is done, and it is now you first and you only. If you do that, if you will step through whatever that is that separates you from God, it will dissolve. It doesn't exist. It's an illusion, just like all of this is an illusion. It's an illusion. And if you will just step forward, it will dissolve and you will step into the truth that is that always is. It's unchanging, that truth that you will step into. And yet, it is the illusion of things that causes separation. So if you can stand at that door and you can feel the anchor and you can feel whatever that is is either pulling you back or holding you back and not allowing you to go forward and look at it and go, it feels real, but I know this is an illusion, and I'm going to step forward. I'm going to step through this. And then project loving forward before you. Or what I've always done is this. I ask the Holy Spirit to ever go before me as I walk this path of life. And at that tenth door, I just ask the Holy Spirit, go before me. Clear the way. Remove any and all disturbances and distractions that I can step forward through this and go back home to God once again. I do that daily. 
I do not want anything separating me from God. And so I always ask the Holy Spirit, whether it be in my awake state with my eyes open or in my meditation or at night before I go to sleep, just asking the Holy Spirit to go before me, to be my guide, to clear away any and all disturbances and distractions, that I stay focused on God first and only God. And that is one way to be able to clear away the illusion and to step into what is. So as I stand at those doors and I'm looking at these souls hesitating, fearful, or not even knowing that the door is open, I realize that there's nothing for me to do but to be patient. To be patient and to honor the process that the soul is in, in this creation. Give them the space, give them the opportunity to learn the lesson fully. And it's been an interesting process for me to learn this because there's this part of me that always wants to help somebody out. Oh, I'll do it for you. I'll do it with you. Come on, you know, take my hand. I'll pull you through. You know, and that's just my human nature. To work it out. I'll solve it. I'll figure it out for you. I'll do it with you. Whatever it takes. But when I'm standing there at those doors, looking at these souls, ready to come forward, but not, I realize that I can do nothing. And... The very first time I realized that, as I watched this person standing at the door, hesitating, not willing to go through because they were in a state of self-judgment, I realized that there was a part of me, that human quality down below, that was sitting in a chair in meditation, that wanted to somehow impose itself on that which I was doing right then called, okay, now let's do it this way. And we'll take control, we'll take charge, we'll work it out for them, we'll make it right. And the first thing that when that first came up for me was I heard a voice behind me say, look to me for the direction. Don't look to that because that will mislead you. And I looked up and there was God standing there ever pointing to me, saying, this is the way you do it. You step forward in loving, and let them step forward in loving, and you meet together in that place of neutrality where the journey then begins. But you do not enter their consciousness to try to bring them out. They have to step forward where you are in order for them to begin the journey. And then I was shown quite a bit about this whole process of being in this state of neutrality and living in this state of grace that is the Holy Spirit and being that which is grace, being grace, being divine love and just holding for that person to ever come forward, doing nothing but being present. And that's what God is. God is ever-present in our lives. God is ever-present in our lives. In every day, in every moment, in every breath, God is right with us. 
as the sound current, as that audible life stream, God is ever present with us. And the voice of God in that sound is calling the soul home. Come home. Come home. Please return now. Come home. But because we're so distracted, we do not hear that call. We do not see the presence of God that is ever right here with us. Right now. But God is ever patient. God will be with us throughout all this existence. Not just while we're in this body, but in all of the creations that we enter into in this creation of the physical material worlds. God is ever with us, walking with us every step of the way, joyful, loving, accepting, allowing, all the way through. While we're crying, while we're in pain, while we're feeling separation, while we're longing for things in this creation, God is ever joyfully walking with us, knowing that with every step, we're getting closer to the return. With every step, we're finding greater fulfillment for why we came into this creation. With every step, we are coming into the greater knowing of ourselves as creative loving beings that is soul. And one day, there will be that step, and God knows it, even if you don't, where you will step forward through that tenth door, and then the greater journey begins, the journey home. That journey is an easy journey. That journey is a loving journey. That journey is an amazing journey. For there you will know God's love. You will know a greater sense of freedom than you know while you're in the physical body. And until that time, you may feel as though you're imprisoned, you're trapped. You may feel as though the world is pulling you apart. You may feel as though you've got to go out and do all these things that you don't really want to do, but there's this other part of you that keeps saying, oh, but you've got to, I've got to. Pay attention to all of that and allow it to be all okay. And then take it inside. Turn it inward in your meditation and just offer it to God. And say, Lord, these things that run me, these things that push me, these things that separate me from you, I just give it over to you. I don't know for sure what to do with these. And maybe you do. If you do know what to do with them, then ask God to come into the knowing of what you know and assist you in doing that. But if you do not know the answer, if you do not know solution, if you do not know how to let go of these things, give it up to God every day, every moment of every day, every breath of every day. Not just while your eyes are closed and you're in meditation, but all the time. And the way to do that is a very simple way. During the day when you find yourself in a free moment, don't sit and dwell on the world. Dwell on God. Chant the name of God if you're an initiate. Chant the hue or the anti-hue. Chant inside 
and fill yourself up with the power of the name, with a song of love, and allow that to begin to fill you so that you are becoming a living prayer all the time. Not just in the moments you have your eyes closed in meditation during the morning or the evening or whenever that might be, but all the time, every moment, every breath, so that you are a living prayer. And then your life does transform itself. And in that judgment, in that fear, in that unworthiness cannot exist. It drops away. And then you stand free of it to step forward through that tenth door and into the spiritual kingdom. Something else that happens is quite remarkable. And this is why the Holy Spirit just stands waiting. Is because the first part of the journey, you collecting the soul out of the matter of the physical body and back to the seat of the soul is your work. It is for you to do. It isn't for God to do it. It is for the God in you to do it. Your soul, your being, your presence, the true you. So every time you sit down and you close your eyes and you hold your attention at the spiritual eye, at the seat of the soul, and you begin to chant, and you begin to draw inward and upward the soul out of matter and back to itself, you begin a wondrous journey. And it's for you to do this journey fully, consciously, awake, aware, ever focused on loving, to bring about the fulfillment of the journey. And as you do that, something really remarkable does happen. All these things that we just talked about just drop away. And even more than that, just drops away. You cannot bring towards the seat of the soul hatred, fear, judgment, anxiety. You cannot bring to the seat of the soul separation, unworthiness. It all just drops away. And you rise above it as you come here to that place of loving where the soul resides, where that divine spark resides. Nothing but loving exists. Now, what happens when you come out of your meditation and the soul consciousness begins to gravitate back into matter once again so you can get up and go do the day, is up to you. You may come back into the physical form, back into the world of matter, and your soul begins to implant itself and enliven the body consciously once again. And you may just pick up all the stuff you just dropped away. You may go, okay, well, there's the judgment, there's the fear, Oh boy, unworthiness. I've got, a, I've got a lot of that over here. I'll just put it on both shoulders. And off you go. And that's your choice. You can pick it back up and carry it with you again. Or you can choose to leave it. Leave it with the world of matter. And you walk anew. 
refreshed, restored as a spiritual being living from here. You may be now also living in your physical body and doing physical material things, but you're living from the soul. You are soul. And you approach things more from that place of the divine love that you are. And as you do that, all these other things just stay where they were when you dropped them. They can't come up. They can't participate. There's no room for them now because the loving has taken that place. The higher frequency always wins. The higher octave that is love always wins. And all that is not loving just departs. It leaves. It is no more. So in your meditation, put God first. Put your loving of God first. And ask for the Holy Spirit to walk with you in your meditation and in your daily life. And ask the Holy Spirit to go before you and remove all disturbances and distractions. If you ask, it will be given. But you've got to ask. Ask God to lift unworthiness. Ask God to lift all self-judgment. Ask God to lift the fear, to remove the fear, to dissolve the fear. Ask and you shall receive. Now, who is the God that's going to do this? Is it the God of this creation, the physical material world? Is it the God of all creation? No, it's neither one of those. It's the God that dwells right here. It's very interesting. When I was a child, I loved going to churches, any church, any denomination. I would love to go to church because somewhere in the service they would often or always say the Lord's Prayer. And as soon as they began to say the Lord's Prayer, I would see the energy in the whole church just elevate, just elevate up to a higher frequency. And it's because they would go, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Immediately, they are acknowledging their own soul. That's where the Father is that we first meet up with. Our Father, who art in heaven. So right here is the door into heaven. And here is where God is first met. Where we as soul come together at the seat of the soul. Where the soul gathers together as one once again. We then begin to know the divine. We then begin to be awakened into the I am presence at that level of soul. At the seat of the soul. And we begin to know God in a way we didn't before. And so, watching people saying the Lord's Prayer in a church was just the most wonderful thing for me because they were all waking up for that moment, just for that moment, to God. And the God and each and every one of them came present for just a second and it moved throughout the church. And some people felt it, some people saw it, some people responded to it, and others didn't. But it was wondrous to watch because that's where I began to realize where God dwelled within us is watching that awakening take place within a church prayer, the Lord's Prayer.
So, when we are meditating, we are first going to wake up to God here at the seat of the soul. We are going to wake up to our own divinity. Our own divinity. I am. We wake up to that I am. And once we wake up to the I am that is divine here, then the divine that is dwelling here can look up and out that doorway, out that opening, and begin to look towards where God is to be found next. Where will I find the next level of the divine? If I have found the divine here and I know I am, and I am a divine spark of the greater I am, I am a child of God, then where am I going to find the next? That's the journey. And now we begin that journey to find where does that divinity reside where we are going to merge into it and know I am God yet at a greater level. That's at the soul realm. That is the next place where we wake up to is in the realm of soul where we merge with the greater part of our soul. That which resides here at the seat of the soul is a divine spark of the soul. And it came down into this creation to have experience here. And it longs to go back into itself just as it first is longing to just collect itself to itself. Because the seat of the soul containing the divine spark of the soul, the flame of the soul, has dispersed its consciousness through the mind and through the senses and into the material world of the body. And it is longing to draw itself back into itself and to come back into the knowing of itself fully as loving, as divine, as that inner light and sound that is God dwelling here at the spiritual eye. Then it looks up and it begins the next journey to go and merge to the fullness of itself in soul. Just as it collected itself and its essence back into this divine spark, so now the divine spark begins the journey to collect itself in oneness with the fullness of soul. And so that's the next journey. And that is what the spiritual teacher is here to assist you in. The inner journey, the inner kingdom, and all that you've created in there, you are the Lord and creator of all of that. And you are responsible for those creations, and it is up to you to handle all of that. The spiritual teacher, the Holy Spirit, is there to assist you in it to a point. But you are the creator, and if you're going to learn about the fullness of your own creativity, God steps back and says, you figured it out. You created it. Now you decide how do you want your creation to be. Do you like your creation? Do you want to change your creation? Find a way to bring it into balance so that you live the divine loving that you are. But once you get to that spiritual eye and you step forward into the outer regions, the Holy Spirit, the teacher, steps forward and takes your hand and walks with you on that journey and assist you on clearing all the karmas that, it, that you can 
between you here at the seat of the soul and the soul realm. So you begin that journey into the astral and you begin through loving to bore an opening, just to bore an opening and a tunnel between here and the soul realm. There is no way that you're going to clear all the karmas that you've created throughout all the eons of time and space in order to get to the soul realm. And thank God you don't have to. Now, if you did it according to the Lord of this creation, you would have to. You would have to balance all of those karmas. You would have to bring everything into balance before you could leave. Then he would say, okay, well now you can go. But God's grace comes in and assists you in a very wonderful way. You do not have to walk this spiraling path of evolution that the Lord of this creation brought into being. But rather you can walk the path of grace, the path of loving, the path of the Holy Spirit, which is the straight and narrow path. And that is where you begin to step forward to. As you step out of the physical realms of consciousness and enter on this inner journey through the realms and back into the soul realm. You are creating a straight and narrow path of love all the way up to your soul that you walk daily. Every day that you meditate, you sit down, you close your eyes, you hold your attention here, you look up, and there's that path before you. You may see it, you may feel it, you may know it, or you may just do it. And you walk that path. Every time you chant the name of God, every time you say, I love you, Lord, you are laying open more and more of the path before you. Because loving neutralizes the karmas that reside between you and the Lord. And you are just ever stepping forward each day more and more and that path is becoming longer and wider as you move throughout the astral, the causal, and all the realms up into the realm of soul. Does this all make sense? So remember that that is the outer journey, and that is where the teacher assists you, is in walking those outer realms and working yourself free of any of the karmas that stand between you and the Lord so that you truly can continue that journey back to your own soul. And the teacher is here to get you to the soul realm and to walk you to the soul of your own being and to merge the divine spark that resides here that is you back into your own self as full soul being, full soul awareness. To know that I am that I am. And in that then, the teacher has fulfilled what the teacher came here to do with you. And you have fulfilled what you came here to do with the teacher. You now have anchored yourself in the realm of soul. And the journey then begins anew. Now you look up once again. Now you look up into the spiritual realms. 
Now you're looking directly into the heart of God. Now your focus is to return home from which you came. And to merge back into the Lord. And to be at one with God once again. And the spiritual teacher, the Holy Spirit, will be with you on that journey too. But a wondrous thing happens. There's no karma to resolve in the spiritual realms. There's no karma. The Lord of that creation didn't create the laws of karma, the laws of reincarnation, the laws of polarity. The Lord of that creation created loving. And out of loving, in loving, you came into being to fulfill the loving. And now, as you journey home through the realms of spirit, you are the fulfillment of that loving, returning home. And God rejoices. The prodigal son is returning. Let us have a feast. Prepare for the child coming home. And God is ever waiting for that child to return, for you, the child, to return home from which you came. So be aware that if you find yourself standing at a door and you're looking out and you might see a starry sky and there's something inside of you that is afraid or that feels unworthy or that is in self-judgment, or you're afraid of God's judgment upon you, move into loving, move into acceptance, move into forgiveness, move into that strength that is the divine in you, and step forward and see where it takes. You know, in the movie that... Um, Harrison Ford did on Indiana Jones with the Holy Grail. He had to step forward called the leap of faith. He had to step off of a cliff not knowing if he was going to fall hundreds of feet down or if somehow he was going to be able to miraculously walk across to the other side. This is the leap of faith. It's leaving all that you know, leaving the physical behind, the physical body, leaving behind the imagination, the emotion, the mind, and stepping forward into something that you may not have a lot or any reference point for. It's a leap of faith. Step forward and do it. Then the Holy Spirit can take your hand and say, Come on, let's go quick. Don't look back. <laughs> and off you go. That's where the story of Lot's wife comes in. Don't look back. Lot and his family was told to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. And as Lot was taking his family out, Lot was told, tell your family to not look back but to ever look forward where they're going. Do not look back from which they came. Because if they look back, they will turn into a pillar of salt. And so off they go on their journey. 
And Lot's ever saying, look forward, look forward. Just keep looking forward where we're going. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, whatever you feel, keep looking forward. Well, Lot's wife turned and looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. In truth, what that saying is, don't look back. Don't look back at your past. Don't look back at where you've been. Don't look back at what you've let go of. Ever look forward and keep stepping forward into what's next. What's next? Step into the moment of God now. If you stop and you look back, you will turn into a pillar of salt. You will become a part of the physical material world once again. You will get caught up in it. You will be a pillar of salt. And then you will have to separate yourself from that realm of matter once again. So, ever look forward. Ever, ever look forward. In your meditation, in your daily life. And ever step forward. Take that leap of faith that that's what it is. Take it. And know that nothing can hurt you in spirit. Nothing can hurt you. Not even you can hurt yourself when you're in the realm of spirit, when you are traveling in your soul body. And everything that confronts you is there for your freedom, for your liberation. So greet it, welcome it, love it, honor it. And you will watch negativity run from you so fast because it will not know what to do with loving. It loves to create disturbance in you, to create fear in you, to create separation in you. And it will do all it can to do that, whether you're in the body here or whether you're in your soul body, traveling in the outer regions, in the outer realms. But if you just accept it and love it and say, hey, welcome, I love you, it runs the other way. And then you can start running after it and go, wait, wait, where are you going? You know, and it'll just run faster and everything else will run away from you too because it'll go, oh my God, they've got it figured out. They've won. And the Lord of this creation will just let go of you. Will just let go of you. Because the Lord of this creation will know it no longer has power over you. You now have power over this creation. You are the Lord of this creation. And you can step free of it. And then you really truly wake up. You wake up from this dream that you've been in. You wake up and realize the illusion that this really is. You wake up and realize that this really is a great stage that God created. And you've just been reading from the script all this time. You've been playing a part, a divine part, in God's wonderful play. And all of a sudden, you've read the last line, and there's no other part for you to play on this stage. So now you can leave the stage and return back to your true self, to the life of your own beingness. You fulfilled the play that you were here to fulfill. 
And one day you'll wake up and know that. You'll see that. And you'll see that your book of life has been a divine script that God laid out. And that you were just going it line by line, word by word, letter by letter, fulfilling everything that God wrote for you as soul to fulfill. Until finally you got down to that last period of the last sentence, and it's done. But what's amazing is, we get down to the last word, to the last letter of the last sentence, and to that period, and then we start repeating it all over again. Because we don't know what to do with ourselves. We don't know where to go with ourselves. So we begin to create either a new play, or we begin to repeat the play that we just finished. Thinking that there's nothing else to do, so I'll just do it over again. The key is when you get to that point where you are complete, allow yourself to be complete. And hold to the neutrality. Hold to the loving. Hold to the divinity inside of yourself and be free. Be free in this creation and fulfill whatever that is left for you to fulfill here. And when you step free of this body, you will step free of this creation and you will be a liberated soul. I hope that what I'm sharing tonight is clear. I know when I look at it from the inner levels now in the work that I'm doing, I know that all I have to do is be. And Brian is discovering the same thing in the inner work that he is doing. Every night, every night, there are classes, well actually, all the time, there are classes going on on the inner levels, on all the different realms between here and the soul realm. There are all kinds of different classes taking place. And you, as souls on the path of liberation, are attending these classes day and night whether you know it or not, whether you're aware of those classes or not, whether you know anything is taking place or not, you are there. And it's interesting because these classes go on day and night. Now, how could that be? How could I be driving the car and I'm still in a class somewhere on another level of consciousness? Well, you are. How could I be at work? How could I be talking on the phone? How could I be eating? How could I be brushing my teeth and still be on another level, attending a class somewhere, learning something? It's because the soul in us can travel and have experience while the conscious mind is doing its daily routine. We live a life of routine. And the mind loves routine. Remember, the, the mind that exists and that we are trapped in until we break free of is part of this creation. And part of this creation, all of this creation, is habitual. It runs again over and over and over and over. 
And so the mind just sets up a routine and never is doing it daily. And the soul finds that as the mind is doing its routine, it can be traveling and going over here and attending a class about liberation. It can go over here and attend a class about healing. It can go to another place and learn about the path of light and sound. It can go to another place and learn about forgiveness. And during the day, it could actually attend several different classes while the conscious mind is ever moving the body and doing its routine. And all the time, we are not aware of that because we have not come awake in the soul yet to have the awareness of that. But it's a wonder to really be able to have that experience. How many times have you gone through your day and all of a sudden it's like other ideas come into your mind that are very spiritual, that are very uplifting, that are very uh, enlightening to your consciousness. It's almost as though you're hearing a teacher just dictate or share with you something. Or you're hearing your own consciousness share with you a great wisdom. Does anyone in here know what I'm talking about? That is the knowing of those experiences in class. You're bringing back that insight, that learning, that wisdom that you've gathered together in those classes, on those inner levels, and bringing it back. And it means that you're now waking up beyond the mind, beyond the unconscious, and beginning to wake up more into that place at the seat of the soul where you're becoming aware of those things. You're being able to bring those things present in your awareness. Not so much in your consciousness, but in your awareness. And it's then sort of precipitates. It just kind of comes into the conscious awareness. So if you have that happening, be aware that you are waking up. You are waking up into the divine that you are. You are waking up and becoming more responsible as a divine creator of love in your life. And it's beginning to manifest on all levels of your life. And rejoice in that and love that and journal it. Write it down. Write your thoughts. Write your feelings. Write what you get. Because that's how you'll anchor it in your life. I've done that all my life. Ever since I've learned to write, I have written these things down. Because if I don't, I find that oftentimes it's a fleeting moment and then it's gone. And I go, God, what was that? What was that? But if I write it down, it's there for me to reference back to again. And six years from now, I can go back and I can reference to it and bring it present again. And if I'm not doing it, I can find a way to bring it forward once again to do it. So I've always got that learning, that knowing, not just knowledge, but knowing present with me to ever remind me of who I truly am and what I'm really here doing. So journal it, write it down so that you always have that available to you. It can make a big difference. When I was working at my first job at a grocery store, 
I was packing groceries. And I would take a paper bag, because that's all we had back then, and I had it stuck underneath uh, where I was working because we were assigned to one place at this big department store, grocery store kind of thing called Golf Mart in San Antonio. And I would just stay at this one stand my whole shift and just keep bagging groceries. And people would then take them out to their own cars. And so I had a bag and I had a pen. And every time I would have this, these thoughts or awarenesses come in, I would pull the bag out and I'd write it down and I'd stick it back in there. And I'd go on and keep on bagging and I'd and write more down. And so I'd take this bag home at night and then I'd put it in my journal. And finally I got so tired of doing that that what I would do is I would staple bags together. And that became my journal for a while. <laughs> and one day when I was off for lunch, I had forgotten to take the bag with me. And I came back and the bag was gone. There was a blank bag there where there had been my bag of my, my awarenesses. And a few days later, this lady came back in and she knew I was there. She often saw me writing things down, I guess. She came in and she says, I think I've got something of yours. And I said, what? What's that? And she pulled this bag out and handed it to me. And she says, is, is this yours? Does this look familiar? And I said, oh, gosh, yeah, thank you very much. And I was kind of embarrassed. <laughs> and she said, can you tell me what this is about? I read it and I, I want to know more. This is really interesting. <laughs> And so I told her I couldn't talk right then because I was working. So I said, if you come back at my lunch hour, I'll share some more with you. And so she did. And so she came over and we had sandwiches together and talked a little bit. And, and she was really interested. And then she began going and buying books about uh, uh, spiritual pathways and meditation and, and psychic phenomena and just all kinds of things because of that. And every time she'd come through, she'd go, what are you writing now? Tell me more. <laughs> So it became a little joke. And the woman that I was usually assigned to to, to bag groceries for, she was the, the clerk checking people out. She'd always see me writing things. And she was never curious until this woman brought this bag back and asked. And then she started wanting to know too. But uh, she did other things with it than, uh, than uh, use it to her advantage, I would say. She used it against herself, which is something we can do also with this information. We can use it against ourselves by not meditating, by not going in and connecting to our own truth, but using this information in the outer world first, we'll find that it will back up on us and it will work against us rather than for us. But if we'll go in and connect first to that inner wisdom, to that inner truth where loving resides, then we'll find that it will all flow and work according to how it's planned. So sit down, go inside, and meditate and connect into that divine loving first. And then you don't have to try to figure it out because it just is. And it unfolds before you naturally. And then your life unfolds before you in a very loving and natural way rather than you having to force it to be something. Do you have anything to share on that? Or anything you want to share?
Well, I think that's, well, it's close enough. <laughs> Ten minutes to go till 9 o'clock, so I think that's pretty good. Okay, so, yes. Well, that's that's good that you say that. Uh, Joan's from Michigan. She's from Grand Rapids, and she's here for the retreat. And she came in early to be able to attend Tuesday night. Very soon, we're going to have the ILM website up. We're just so close. We've got to go through some training now so that we know how to manage it. And then uh, you'll be able to go up on the website and listen to every Tuesday night. And so it'll be available to you in that way. So you may not be here physically, but you can definitely be here and receive all the benefit of this. And you're welcome to come every Tuesday, <laughs> however that works for you. Well, we'll have one channel, and that'll be on the web very soon, and that'll be available. And, and you're always welcome to move here if your other people have. I'm working on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a few people have moved here already, so. Jump. Oh, you did? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I was on lane four. <laughs> that was my lane. I, I used to have the checkers fight over me until the manager of the, of the department made lane for my lane and assigned me to one checker because literally they would fight over me. I don't know why, but they all wanted me to do it. And uh, and so I got this one lady and this one lane, and that was always mine. So it was fun. So how old were you when you were doing that? I was 18. I had just gotten out of high school. That was my very, well, HEB was my very first job. I worked there three weeks. And then uh, the manager who was working at Golf Mart in that department came in and uh, offered me the job. He said, I, I've watched you work. You, you, I want you at my place. And he offered me better pay. And I said, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> well, one thing, I didn't have to take the groceries out. You know, <laughs> Didn't mind that when it was cold or wet. It was nice to be able to just stand there and keep bagging and let them take them out. <laughs> so that was a nice difference. It was 1967. Yeah. And my mother was the bookkeeper for a golf mart. And she came in and uh, applied for the job after I got working there, and then she became the bookkeeper for years. I mean, she was the bookkeeper for years there. So. All right, that's a little more of my history. <laughs> well, thank you all very much, and we'll see you. Thursday or Tuesday of next week, whichever comes first for you.